Hey guys, welcome to Learn Feng Shui, where you'll learn feng shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. If you like weekly tips as well as fun folklore tales, you'll enjoy learning feng shui with me. Hey guys, let's look at the monthly energies for July. to the month of Ding Wei, the fire goat, starting on July 6th, going through the 22nd. It's the first 15 day cycle of solar energy called the Jia cycle, and it is called lesser heat from July 22nd to August 7th. That's the Qi cycle, and it is called greater heat. So these are the dog days of summer. So last month I included what is called the heavenly stems and I talked about that main element that would be over your animal sign. So remember, maybe you're like a fire dog or a water uh, rabbit, right? So um, I'm not going to talk about that again this month because I feel like for the sake of time, it just makes it a little more streamlined just to go through animal signs and the feng shui energies. However, if you would like to read that and, you know, that was interesting and relevant to you, please go to my website because there is a monthly energy update and I do write a companion blog post, which will be linked below. Please check that out. And also at the bottom, check for date selection. So I do put date selection at the bottom. So, um, you know, please go to the blog post and read because there's more details on there. So jumping right into the animal signs, let's take a look at the animal sign of goat since it is the month of the goat. So remember, you have the Grand Duke for the month. It's a Grand Duke animal for the month. It's the animal sign that governs the month of July. So whenever you have that, again, sometimes it can be an all, eye, all eyes on you situation. So remember, if you want to be seen this month, it could be really good for you. But if you'd rather lay low a little bit and, you know, maybe something you um have a experience or maybe you have something that maybe you don't want people to be looking at or scrutinizing too closely then just kind of lay low for the month but if it's a month that you feel like you really want to stand out and you're doing some things that you want to take notice it could be a good month for you so looking at the pig and the rabbit so it is a month that you combine with the goat so if you have the pig or the rabbit or maybe you have both you have what is called a wood frame this month so you have a lot of excess wood energy so do be careful sometimes when the wood energy is excessive with health this is a health caution um, sometimes your feet or legs can have an injury or you may um, have some issues with your liver because the liver is represented by the element of wood. So do be careful with that. And, um, you know, maybe you, if you have some liver or kidney issues, you might want to detox this month. And uh, remember, there's just a lot, a lot of wood energy, especially if you have these two um, animal signs, if you have the pig and the rabbit already, and you come in with this goat, and the energy from the tiger is there, you know, for the year anyway. So if you feel like you have too much wood energy, maybe some doing, doing some things like uh, meditation, kind of slowing down a little bit. But remember, wood does represent growth and self-improvement. So maybe it's a month that you just want to kind of focus on yourself, and maybe you know, take it a little bit slow and utilize that wood energy to focus on self-cultivation. 
if you have the animal side of horse, you also combine with the goat, but you actually create the element of fire. So you can actually benefit from that um, extra fire energy this month, I think. Um, it's already a fire month. It's a you know fire over earth, which is the goat. So I've also heard the horse and goat combination referred to as the sun and moon. So it's said that the presence of these two animal signs can actually help bring um, a nobleman so if you've needed help like if you feel like you've needed extra support maybe you need something to push through if you have the animal side of horse it could be a month that combines nicely for you so looking now at the seasonal animals the snake and the horse so the seasonal animals are the animal signs that make up an entire season so a fire is born in the snake it comes to its peak in the horse and it is in the graveyard in the goat. So for May, June, July, those are considered summer months and they're the element of fire. So they may, they create and combine uh, this element of fire. So you get this pure fire. So just depending on what fire represents to you, um, it could be very beneficial. If fire happens to be your wealth element, then you could be looking out for opportunity. So just kind of throwing this out there and looking at the dog and the ox. So if you have an animal sign of dog and ox, even though the ox clashes, it could be a month for you where you also see wealth opportunity. Let's now go to the feng shui energy for the month of July. So again, I'm really trying to make the blog a space where you can reference. So you, I created a nice little chart with the flying stars and showing where they are for this month. So if you do follow flying stars, go to the blog post that's linked below and look under the section that's feng shui. So looking at flying stars. So the energy this month is really reminiscent of last year. So think about how last year went for you. Um, to me, I feel like it was a pretty good year. The five star was under control over there in the Southeast. So remember that, um, you kind of have to look at the elements and where these um, energies fall. So remember when we look at flying stars, we're actually looking at them in a way that, you know, how they are interacting with the palace that they're visiting. So when the five flying star goes to one of two places, one being the Southeast, it actually shows us that the five stars controlled. So the five star is not really going to be an issue for us this year, which is good news. So honestly, I don't see... Uh, reasons to quote unquote cure it. But I do feel like if you, um, you know, are one that likes to do something, either putting one of those saltwater cures or just getting, um, the thing, the little, uh, hanging with the six coins, you can stick it over there in the Southeast, but it is controlled, I believe. Continuing on with kind of some of the more negative energies for this month. Um, one of the things I do think you have to take note of is the number two illness star in the north. So remember when the earth star, because remember two is the element of earth, when it moves to the north and it combines, remember the north is the element of water, right? It's kind of native to that palace. And so when you get the earth energy coming in, it's creating mud. And in feng shui and Chinese metaphysics, that actually can represent um, illness or a growing illness of earth and water. So we really kind of want to avoid that. I would recommend putting some metal in the north for this year or actually doing, you know, that salt cure um, in the north. So that's one area I'd focus. The other area that people tend to look at or the other flying star people tend to look at is the number three star. It's called the quarrelsome star or the argumentative star. Um, I feel like it's already in the Southwest. Um, we already have energies there that we're fixing and curing. Um, it's an area we're supposed to be keeping quiet anyway. So to me, I feel like as long as you just 
Um, don't overly activate the area with anything unnecessary. You should be fine. Looking at if you happen to follow like the Sansas, the earthly Shaws, um, which is like the Grand Duke and the, you know, Tysoy and the Month Breaker and all that, right? So again, Southwest, it's just an area we're avoiding anyway, should be okay. Um, just continue to not renovate the area. And honestly, the whole entire area of the West is a little bit afflicted this um, month with what's called the three killings. So as long as you're new, not doing renovations in Southwest, West, or Northwest, kind of that whole West um, sector of your home, then you should be fine. Uh, if you've already started renovations and it's something that's already clicking along, this is a time where you, you don't have to worry about... Um, overly activating the area because that area has already been active by the day you first start renovations. So looking at the auspicious areas and focusing on the positives, what you can do for the month. So in the South, the flying star number one combines with the nine star that is there for the year already to form a nice combination of 10. So when you have a combo of 10, usually it denotes some sort of like a heavenly affinity and it's supposed to be super good luck. So lighting a candle there in the South can actually help to promote um, career opportunities because the one um, flying star generally focuses on career nine usually is about like happiness and fulfillment so um, it makes a pretty good combination again just letting a candle or using the fire element in the south can really benefit you this month um, also if you can't do an activation you could spend time in the area to benefit from these energies Looking to the Northeast, um, so the Northeast, remember, it already has that yearly eight star, which is associated with it's in called the Star of Wealth. So lighting a candle in there will help activate the number nine star that's visiting for the month. So remember, the nine star moves in, and it's almost like it's giving support to the earth element that's already native to the palace and is visiting with that eight star. So I feel like it can be a pretty good um, area to use or to activate with either a fan or a candle. Um, and it could really benefit you, especially if you need like contract work, if you are working with clients and you need more of that, it is a area that um, you can activate. The eight star is really good to activate for extra work. So if you're needing to get out there and get your hands dirty and do some work work, um, the eight star is a good area to use and um, activate. So you can pair your feng shui and um, placing salt cures and all that by looking at the blog post that has the sectors. And on top of that, if you keep scrolling down for best results, you can use date selection. And I have the best dates there. Most of those are pretty good days for feng shui activations. Although you want to change um, or uh, wait and you generally want to do your feng shui activations and cures on what is called a danger day. Um, it really supports the feng shui um, activation bed positioning, etc. A stable day is pretty good. Or you can also use a success day, which is generally good all around. Um, and to find that, just go to the blog post and scroll all the way down. I think I'm going to put a little menu up at the top. That way you can, you know, it'll anchor and, um, and you can just kind of click and see which area you want to go to. Um, let's take a little short sponsor break and I'll be back with uh, uh, folklore and fireworks. So we're going to talk about fireworks in ancient China. Hey guys, welcome to Folklore Friday. Today we're going to talk about firework use in ancient China. From HistoryPlex.com 
The Oddly Amazing History of Ancient Chinese Fireworks. Fireworks are synonymous with celebrations, and we have ancient China to thanks for this. China is recognized as the birthplace of fireworks, which form an integral part of most Chinese festivals and traditions. The article tells you more about legends and history associated with the invention of fireworks. China is credited for some of the greatest inventions of all time. Apart from the compass, papermaking, printing, tea, acupuncture, silk, and the umbrella, um, also a toilet paper, did you know that? <laughs> China is also known for the invention of gunpowder, a forerunner of modern fireworks. The gunpowder was cited as significant discovery in one of the four greatest inventions by the Chinese. Many legends are associated with the discovery of fireworks and gunpowder, so the exact date of their invention remains a mystery. Let's go back in history to learn more about the invention of fireworks and how they went on to add different dimensions to celebration and war. It is said that fireworks originated in China during the Han Dynasty to frighten off and ward off evil spirits. The people in the Han Dynasty threw bamboo stems into the fire to produce a loud bang. The stems burnt and crackled in the fire and then later burst with a huge explosion. Bamboo has hollow air pockets which inflate and burst with a big sound when subjected to heat. So this was an exciting experience for the Chinese. They strongly believed in the existence of evil spirits and thought that the wood and the sound of the explosion was loud enough to scare off the evil spirits. So getting rid of an evil force was a sign of happiness. So then bursting the bamboo became closely associated with joy and celebrations. From then on, the Chinese traditionalized this concept of busting bamboos to fend off ghosts and spirits every year. Later on, the busting of bamboo formed as part of their celebratory events like New Year's Eve, weddings, parties. This continued for some time until the discovery of gunpowder. Then gunpowder was later used to fill the hollow bamboo tubes to explode with force, producing a loud sound. According to the Chinese, the invention of fireworks is attributed to a Chinese cook. The cook accidentally mixed three ingredients, namely charcoal, sulfur, and potassium nitrate. The composition was that was later used in gunpowder and derived a black and flaky concoction. When the mixture was ignited, it blew up and emitted a beautiful assortment of colors. Further experiments reveal that the mixture was stuffed inside a bamboo shoe and then ignited and it exploded with a loud bang. Many stories from the Tang Dynasty credit a Chinese monk named Li Tan of Liaoyang in the Hunan province for the invention of the early firework. In one incident, Li Tian warded off a dragon's pestering evil spirit by igniting bamboo shoots containing some explosive substance. The bamboo shoots burst with a loud explosion and scared that dragon spirit away. According to another legend, the area where Li Tian was from was often hit by floods or drought. And so Li Tian set off fireworks in the inflicted area, it said, and dispelled the evil spirits that supposedly were causing the floods or drought. Thereafter, the people of the Hunan province lived in peace and prosperity. Impressed by the feat, the people living named 
Lee Tian, the founder of Crackers. Not only that, they built a temple in his name and started worshiping him. And so on the 18th of April every year, the Chinese are supposed to be um, honoring uh, Lee Tian by offering sacrifices. The Chinese um, were said to have carried out subsequent experiments with the gunpowder-filled bamboo shoots, and um, they were op only open at one end. So they attached these tubes to a long arrow, which were then launched from a stand of bamboo sticks. Uh, when ignited, the tubes launched themselves with great force and produced a thrust. And this was how the rocket came into existence. The Chinese used the rocket during the Mongol conquest in the 13th century to fight off invaders. Hence, gunpowder found applications in warfare. Later, paper tubes were used to make the firecrackers instead of bamboo stems. Um, stiff and small paper tubes were filled with gunpowder and fuses were inserted. When the fuse was lit, it ignited the gunpowder, causing the tube, of course, to explode. So now pallets are also used to hold firecrackers together so that one of when one is ignited, it lights all the others, producing a series of fireworks in succession. So even today, fireworks are still made in China and exported around the world. And of course, when you invent something cool and you are a, a port for trade and you trade with the rest of the world, your inventions will no doubtably get moved around. So the invention of Chinese fireworks soon got noticed by world travelers and spread far and wide. It is believed that the knowledge of gunpowder spread from the Middle East uh, through the Middle East from China and possibly through um, way of India. So some Sources credit Marco Polo for introducing gunpowder and fireworks to Europe during the 13th century, not to mention other uh, crusaders that were said to be responsible for it. More than developing fireworks for entertainment, the Europeans were interested in manifesting the prowess of gunpowder in warfare. Hence, gunpowder was using guns, cannons, and rockets. And of course, while spreading through Europe, they found their way in England, and it was said that they gained immense popularity here during the time of Queen Elizabeth I's reign. So some of William Shakespeare's works mentioned that the queen was so enchanted and impressed with the fireworks that she created a new position in her palace that was the Firemaster of England. So of course, whatever made way to England eventually ended here in the U.S. as we um, colonized and you know, um, settled the area. So the first celebration of American history that was used to, um, made use of a fireworks display, it says here was actually the very first Independence Day, July uh, 4th of 1777. So that'd be um, the first celebration of America's independence. And also they were used in the inauguration of George Washington as the first president of the U.S. It said he had an elaborate display of fireworks. So as you're popping your fireworks this weekend and we're watching fireworks displays, let's remember and kind of um, maybe think on the fact that um, they're actually used to scare away spirits. They're said to be very lucky. And so as you watch your fireworks displays and pop your own fireworks, just um, imagine, or if you will, I suppose, or meditate on the fact that um, you can actually use these to put intent behind and pop fireworks to um, scare away any bad spirits that may be around. 
You guys have an amazing 4th of July weekend. I'll catch you guys next week with the next episode. Um, the last two weeks of the month, I will not have an episode. I'll be taking a little bit of a break um, because I need one. <laughs> so um, yeah, I actually haven't had a break all summer. And these I've been keeping the podcast current this summer instead of putting up old audio uh, for you guys because I want it to um, just keep a new episodes going. So you guys have an amazing weekend and you can catch any links um, in the show notes below. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.